It's his second time through and he hasn't even taken a hit yet. He's a wizard. Do you realize how many outside systems I've gone into? How many programs I've appropriated? You were recruited by the Star League to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Damage report! Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. Defense! She won't answer the helm. What do we do? We die. You're listening to the Gamers Must Die podcast. I'm your host, Ben Malahan, here with Alex Moreau. How you doing? And Jared Riley. Hello, everyone. Well, um, guess what? way too pleasant today, Jared. Well, you know, I'm just in a great mood doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Had a lot of coffee. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, our podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah. And the works. So, I've never uh, heard of Stitcher before. It's like another big podcast distribution service. So. It's great, really convenient. Yeah, yep. It's a big, big podcast app. Is it for like Android? For both. So whatever your uh, personal preferences for podcast app or whatever, you'll be able to find it now. We'll be there for you, Alex. You had something you wanted to talk about up front here. I wanted to make a quick plug for Pillars of Eternity. Have okay. you guys heard of that? No, no. Okay, so it's a new game that's just been released by Obsidian. Um, I wanted to mention it because I think this is a prime example of a video game company really delivering what their fans actually want. Okay. And not just like a grubbing for what will like get them the most in sales. Um, so what is it? It's an isometric dungeon crawling RPG, very much so in the style of Baldur's Gate. It's actually say, made yeah. by the same company. Okay. Cool. Um, it's made by Obsidian. Um, they also did Fallout New Vegas, um, but it's going to go for $45, and I've been watching gameplay for it, and it looks fantastic. I've been waiting for something like this for a while now. Like, uh, Diablo 3 didn't really do it for me, but I love the earlier games. I love Baldur's Gate. Um, the whole isometric RPG thing in general <laughs> is just right up my alley, so this has been like just a shot out of nowhere. It's very exciting for me. Uh, did it kind of come out of nowhere? Because I'd never really heard of it before. Neither have I. There was a lot of buzz about it two years ago when the project was originally thrown out there because okay. this entire thing is funded by fans. Um, oh, it was a Kickstarter thing? Yeah, it's a Kickstarter oh. thing. Apparently, over 70,000 backers um, allowed it or like they facilitated it being a thing um, two years ago. So two years ago, there was a bunch of buzz just to collect funding. They released concept art, things like that. Yeah. The company website promoted it and then it just kind of went into a silent stasis for a long time while it was in development and now it's just like smacking people in the face wow so that's what it takes to uh make a new Baldur's gate type game is to have it be funded by fans yeah by seventy thousand people (laughs) (laughs) well hey cool i mean they got it done so that's awesome great yeah the writing in particular seems really remarkable which is great because um it's kind of a throwback to older RPGs where whenever you click on NPCs because the graphics aren't like perfectly like stellar and realistic, yeah. you know, because that's the style. Um, whenever you click on your NPCs, uh, the dialogue has these really deep, intricate descriptions, like very colorful descriptions to accompany the speech. And uh, a lot of it is that? voice acted too. Like you'll click on an NPC, he'll start talking to you and the little text bubble underneath um, his name will describe his clothes like he was scorched by fire, oh, covered uh. in grease and grime and blah, 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 blah. So if you're really hardcore about role-playing like I am, you will definitely get into it. Definitely a wet dream for a RPG player. Oh, yeah. And Baldur's I just, like, Gate fans. Watch like 50 minutes of playthrough and like came all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time I played a game like that was uh, Icewind Dale 2, probably. So it's been quite a while. Wasn't that also with the same engine as Baldur's Gate? Yeah. Yeah. Icewind Dale. And I forget what that engine was called. It was something. I don't know. Also, that game, I think Planescape or something was also one of those. Anyway, that that genre, that particular type of like isometric um, RPG slash strategy game, those are really big back in the day on mm-hmm. PC. I wonder what engine they're using to make it because, I mean, usually uh, you have like a, an engine that like tons of those sort of like games would use. 
but I don't know what they would actually base that on now. Well, making it from scratch now is probably a lot, a lot easier than uh, it would have been back then. I yeah, guess. that's true. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, we'll link that from the blog post for the podcast. Anything Sweet. else you want to say about it there, Alex? Buy it. Buy it so that more <laughs> games like this can be made. Buy it so that companies will take risks like this. Yeah, and don't pirate it, you stupid fucks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> On to news. <laughs> all right, Alex, what do we got kicking in the news today? Let me see here. The new Zelda game for the Wii U is delayed until 2016. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. So this was a big deal for a lot of people because the Wii U doesn't really have a whole lot of games coming out for it this year anyway, as it is. Bit of a dry season. Yep. I looked up articles to find out what's actually coming out this year this big on Wii U. I was able to come up with three games. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X or 10. It's got, it's got to be X. I hate that companies name their shit something X. <laughs> like Mac OS X or OS 10. I think you call it OS 10, but then... Oh my God, it's OS 10? Yeah. Roman and, numerals, why? I know, yeah. right? And, and then, <laughs> but it actually makes sense in the case of Mac because they had OS 9 before that. So then, but they used an X and just fuck with me for years. I didn't know how to pronounce it. And then uh, Windows 10, I think he's using the number 10. Thank God. <laughs> There's a lot of things thank that use God. X now behind them. And you don't know if it's an X or a 10. You sound like an idiot when you say it wrong in front of people. Anyway, this is my personal gripe. Totally <laughs> off topic. I think that uh, by the time this Zelda game comes out, the Wii Me is going to be out. The Wii Me, yeah, and then Wii. they'll just have to scrap it again. Oh. So the Wii U, for the, then new the Wii system. Me, and then what comes after the Wii Me? Uh, the Wii Us, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Wii Them. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. So that, that's a sequel to a Wii RPG that was actually very popular uh, on the original Wii that I never played, but I'm going to play because it comes out for like a remake of it comes out for the 3DS, the new 3DS. The, the new, oh, the new, new, 3DS. new 3DS? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it uh, an XL? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, there's only the only ones that are available in the U.S. are the XLs. So Right, right, of course. Yes, yeah. So uh, I'm going to play the original. Did you, you ever play that game? I haven't ever played it. I read some great reviews, and it definitely sold well at the time because I was working retail back then. But uh, Oh, wasn't it a GameStop exclusive? I don't know about it being an exclusive. One of those RPGs that came out for the Wii back in that, time frame in um 2009 10 whatever was it an exclusive like you could only buy it at gamestop weird huh. so really tying your arm behind your back when you try to sell that then i don't know man um <laughs> the other big game is splatoon which i should have read more about before mentioning on this podcast Splatoon Apparently, looks really fun <laughs> so what's what's the rundown of that game it's like a, a team based kind of third person not shooter but kind of shooter okay. well it's like it's kind of like Team Fortress. There's a lot of like um, team strategy involved and your characters have these little ink guns and you use the ink to try and color the entire map your team's color. Okay. So So you're not like shooting the other people. No, you're really like shooting the ground. Oh my and there's God. also an advantage <laughs> to the ink splotches because um, you can jump into ink puddles that are your team's color and it increases your movement and you transform into a squid and like... Weird. Is this is an original Nintendo game. Weird. Yes. Huh. Interesting. It seems really cute, but I don't think it's going to catch on too well in America. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna have to check it out because uh, I mean, Nintendo. That's the problem with them. These cutesy ass, you know, first party IPs they create. Um, I never played Pikmin because of that reason. It just I looked, love looked too Pikmin. Cutesy. Yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that was a great. Yeah, game there's too. gonna be guns. I need blood and guts and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Otherwise, I'm not interested. The other big game uh, is Star Fox, it's supposed to come out in December. It's not 100 percent yet, but that's... now is this gonna be an entirely new title? Yes, and it's supposed to be in the vein of the real Star Fox games, and not that horrible. Star awful Fox GameCube one adventure. I never played Ooh. it. I just saw screenshots. <laughs> I couldn't believe they actually made it. Yeah, no. Was that the last Star Fox game? Was on the I, GameCube? I feel like Wait. there was one for Wii or something. I think there was there was an original Star Fox game that came out for DS. Oh, was it DS in like 2006 or something? Okay, so th 2004 so or somewhere around there. Oh, weird. Well, good thing you have an ombudsman to research that for us, so we don't have to really <laughs> yeah, get, get on right. that. Um, so that's uh, that's really all that there is to it. The Wii U. Uh, People are now wondering if they'll now just release Zelda on this NX system they mentioned, you know, last week. So 
or two weeks ago. Well, there are a couple of other games that are coming out for Wii U that I had some personal interest in, but they okay. don't seem to be garnering too much buzz in okay, the general well, what public. Are um, so <laughs> there's this really bizarre, very japanese game coming out later. It's um, Rodea Sky Soldier. Have you guys ever heard of that? No. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit difficult to describe it to you because it's honestly pretty hard for me to get the gist of it. Having watched gameplay and trailers, I'm still just like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay. Like I said, very Japanese-y, and that's like a common trend with those games. But um, it's like third-person shooter meets Sonic the Hedgehog meets weird 3D Gundam fighters. Like, did you guys ever play those Gundam fighters on like PS2 and shit like that where like um, it's like a fighting game but there are like multiple levels because your suit can like fly around is that like the dynasty warriors gundam no i think she's talking about something else i'm talking about like the the mech fighters you know yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah well um rodea sky soldier kind of reminded me of that there the gameplay just switched like every five seconds i was watching the trailer one second he's like zooming around on rails and collecting rings (laughs) a la like sonic the hedgehog and the next second he's taking down like massive bosses with like targeted weak points using his guns a la like I don't know. What was the name of that new um, Metal Gear game that came out recently? You're going to have to find that, Sarah. Snake, blah, 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 stupid words. No, nah, it was one of the little ninja guys. Snake wasn't even... Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But anyways, like, it's really... It's difficult for me to re- to describe Rodea Sky Soldier to somebody who hasn't seen trailers. But the game quality itself, like just like the the graphics and just like the sheer amount of work that went into it seems pretty high budget. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So is there anything was, else? Yeah, there was that. Um, you're going to make fun of me. Just like you made That's fun of me for Pikmin. <laughs> but Wooly World is coming out. What the fuck is that? Wooly World? Wooly World. Wooly? Wooly World sounds pretty fun too. But Wooly World is the first Yoshi console game since the N64. And it looks fucking adorable. Oh, wait. Yoshi's like Wooly World? Yeah. Like, okay. I think I've seen screenshots for this. Fuck. Who, why the fuck? But who wants to play this bullshit like art style of... You know what's awesome? Was Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island or whatever the hell that game was for Super Nintendo. That was fun. That was a good one. A good goddamn that. game. You know what? It wasn't made of fucking wool. With regular ass <laughs> graphics, it was a fun game. Why can't Nintendo? It wasn't like there was like a Kirby's Epic Yarn game or some there bullshit. There was, and that looked. I didn't like that one so much, but Wooly World, like it, actually looks very pretty. Like okay, so see the fact that you're using the word pretty to describe it means I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I guarantee. Isn't it. Yoshi a dinosaur? Why would he be wooly? I don't like that. This bothers me. All right, Y'all Sarah's like pulling a up bunch some of screenshots. Grumpy for old me. men, just like I don't like change. It doesn't look. That I bad. don't hey, like change. Up. I don't like change. Actually, it doesn't look that bad. I'm looking at the screenshots now. Actually, no. Look, right? Oh, wait. Now I'm seeing Yoshi's made of wool and shit. What the fuck? No. Okay, but the biggest <laughs> hook for this game is that I fucking loved the N64 Yoshi games. And this has wait, the same gameplay. N64 so. Yoshi. Were those like Yoshi's Island? I forget. Well, there was like a Yoshi's Island sequel that came out for N64. Yeah, I think I played it. And it was great. And Wooly World is just that with a different aesthetic pretty much and like smoother gameplay. I'm not like a higher processor, but it's... I mean, I love Yoshi's Island, so I will probably like are you, Wooly World. Are you talking about the Super Nintendo one? No, the Nintendo 64 one. But did you play Sorry, Super Nintendo one? Sorry, I should specify. One. Yes, I did. Okay, all right. I was gonna On say, an could... emulator. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care how you played it. I'm just saying that if you didn't play that, you're talking about Yoshi's Island, you can go fuck yourself. But you played <laughs> it, so you can talk. All right. <laughs> I'm starting to think we should rename this podcast Nintendo Gamers Must Die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have been covering a lot of Nintendo news, but well, it's because PS4 and Xbox need to get their shit together. Yeah, there's like... not a whole lot going on right now. With well, we talked about Bloodborne. There, All right. we did. Um, okay, is there anything else you want to talk about for Wii U? There, Hyper Light Drifter doesn't sound like anything I'd ever care about. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You might actually care about it. It's um, again, it's kind of like a throwback game. It's um, funded by Kickstarters. And it's a sort of cross between like 8-bit and 16-bit aesthetics, and it's an action RPG. And the setting is kind of a mix between fantasy and sci-fi. But it looks gorgeous. The gameplay looks really fun. So you might have to get off like your grumpy old man pedestal and hold take on, a look hold on, at hold on, it. Hold on, hold on. You said between 8 and 16 bits. That mean be the 12-bit game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, what's well, the gameplay? I mean, you said action RPG. That could mean a lot of things. What's the gameplay? Well, it's like the old Zelda games, like the really... Now, is it like like Zelda or is it like Illusion of Gaia? I never played Illusion of Gaia. Soul Blazer. Didn't play Soul Blazer. fucking (laughs) Secret of Mana. I definitely played that, but it's not like Secret of Mana. It's more like Zelda. Yeah. 
Okay. There's no sort of like turn-based aspect to it. But I say 8-bit. There was no turn-based in Secret of Mana, was there? Yeah, wasn't it wasn't it an old... I thought it was I was thought it was straight up action. Secret like of Mana and Legend of Mana I, were like turn-based RPGs. If you've been playing old Super Nintendo games on emulators, I cannot believe that you haven't played Illusion of Gaia. Like if you want to pop in an emulator game for your Super Nintendo, Illusion go take a look at that. Oh fuck yes, you can take a look at that. <laughs> How about Terra Enigma? No, didn't play. Okay, that was like the follow-up spiritual successor to uh, Illusion of Gaia. So <laughs> that's really popular with you know your type. Ooh, this game was translated from Japan. Ooh, so <laughs> I, I figured you might have played that. Playlist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, try Illusion of Gaia. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying though, like the cross between the 8-bit and 16-bit aesthetic because um, 12-bit. Certain sprites, I wouldn't say 12 bit though, because certain sprites are But you just over- said it's a cross okay. between the two. It's 12 bit. We're, we're calling it 12 bit. <sighs> Fine. Have your 12 bit. Don't you know math at all? Seriously. <laughs> what do we pay you for? You don't know basic. You don't pay me for math? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, okay. You're right. You're, you're right. We don't pay you for math. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was pretty much all that I want to say about. Th- oh, the setting is like a clash between like sci-fi and fantasy, which is always really fun for me. Like when the science is so high that it's like probing on magic. That's neat. Okay. But, like um, steampunk bullshit? No, I'm not a big fan of steampunk, actually. Oh, surprising. <laughs> Color me surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, thank you, Alice. Let's get off Nintendo news and go on to the next big news item from this past week. Oh, by the way, Nintendo is holding a uh, one of their Nintendo Direct <laughs> things. Sorry. Sorry. Well, sorry. That was a great segue. You're right. It's an amazing segue. Hold on. I just, I just remembered. Nintendo's holding a Nintendo Direct thing tomorrow morning. Tomorrow being Wednesday, the day before this podcast uh, was released to the public. So maybe they announced something big. Maybe they didn't. Anyway, I just want to say that but that's the reason we're not talking about it. Because it hasn't happened yet for us. Okay. Cool. So, other big console news. Xbox One, the Halo 5 reveal. This is the one ma- being made by 343 Studios. They finally launched like uh, a couple release trailers. And uh, announced the release date is going to be October of this year, which is earlier than some people thought it was going to be. Um, the reason I'm bringing it up is because the reveal trailers were cool. They were cool. Because, yeah, I dug it. Um, so I didn't see any gameplay, but it was. That's it was actually cool why trailer. I like them because <laughs> really the, the trailers were focused on story, and that's the thing to me that's really been lacking in Halo games a lot of the time. Because you know, well, Halo started off as so story centric. I even read like the first four books because it had something great going for it with the setting and the characters. Yeah, but it just didn't really capitalize on it. Like the last Halo game, I thought the story was really good in was Reach. Yeah, Reach was actually where I stopped. I have not played Halo Four. Uh, neither have I. No. Have you, Jared? Jared hasn't played any. I haven't played any Halo games. Oh, wow. So we don't know what the shit is going on yeah. <laughs> with 5. <No>. So um, <laughs> the last Halo game I got was the Halo Master Chief Collection. And I think I talked about it before. It was buggy as shit. I never went back to it. but Oh, I did get Combat Evolved. Okay. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trailers are cool because they basically show this scene, the same scene from two different, not even perspectives. Like it's the same scene two different ways. One where Master Chief is on the ground being talked down to by this new character called Locke. I only saw that one. Okay. There's another one where Locke's on the ground being talked down to by Master Chief. See, I only saw that one. (laughs) You guys, what the? I said watch both trailers in the notes. But which one's canon? (laughs) Exactly. And it's like hashtag hunt for the truth or something. Anyway, I thought it was interesting because these are live action trailers, not even like gameplay footage. They were really well done. And they're focused on story, not some new big gun they're using in Halo 5 or this, this, or that. That but didn't look live action, though. That just looks like really solid CG. It was it CG. It was, it was live action, but it was also CG. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's hard to tell these days sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's the Halo 5 reveal. So we're going to be watching that uh, because if it's story-centric and the character, the new characters seem pretty cool, Locke, then I, I'm really interested in that game. We'll be so. watching that game's progress with great interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get that sound clip. Uh, next up, The Witcher 3. There's been a lot of talk about this. It's coming out soon-ish. I don't actually know when. Um, you guys play The Witcher games? You tried really hard to get me to play uh, Witcher 1. I played about two hours of it. You didn't like it? I didn't like the controls too much. You played it on PC. Yeah. I think Witcher 3 is coming out in May, by okay. the way. Sarah's going to have to double check me on that, okay. but that's what I think. Um I've really wanted to for the past couple of months, but it's really intimidating because I know that if I go into the first game, I'm going to go straight to the second and the third will probably be out by the time I'm there. So I'll just like my next like six months will be Witcher if I start (laughs) playing Witcher. See, that's actually my problem 
is that I played one like four or five years ago on the PC. I really enjoyed it, but then I never played two because it had been so long since I played one that I felt like I needed to go back and play one again. Oh, so you got caught in that loop where you started yes. your one file over and over, yeah? Yeah, and so anyway, so now I can't play three until I go play one and two to know what the fuck's going on. Um, so I really, really enjoyed the first game. It's just such a time commitment now to make to you know, get to the point where I can play it. Same thing happened to me with Dragon Age. I played one a long time ago, never played two. Now I want to play Inquisition, but fuck, I need to go back and play one and two again to know. <laughs> I don't think you do need to play one or two to get to Inquisition. I played one and two, and it's I think it's okay to pass on My it. My brother told me differently. So either he is stupid or a liar, or, or you're stupid, stupid or a liar. liar. Yeah. Mm. Well, if they're both stupid liars, it's possible. That's, then, that's, who that's, to that's another... then who to that's, listen that's, to? That's why... I just can't listen to anybody. <laughs> you can trust me. All right, Jared, you, you tell me. I would, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, The Witcher 3, the reason it's kind of in the news is that uh, people are talking about uh, it's going to be 900p on the Xbox One, but 1080p on the uh, PS4. And then people are like, well, what does a PC version look like? What do you think it looks like? A fucking PC game. You can change <laughs> the settings. Looks however you want it to look. Yeah, exactly. That's a weird resolution, isn't it? Uh, well, 900? It's, it's yeah. halfway between uh, 720 and 1080. Is that like a standard? Oh, I can do that. It's not like a standard, but you know, it's uh, it looks fine. I'm sure it does. The thing is, is that there's all this talk about people are all asking all these questions. Why is the Xbox One doing this, this, and this? I don't think Xbox One owners really care because most of them knew up front it's not going to run games as high a resolution as the PS4 is going to. Yeah, I don't think there's. Okay, you know what? The internet is full of stupid people. Maybe there are people out there saying that this, but I was going to say, I don't think that there are any Xbox fans out there that are actually saying that they can run on the same resolution as PC or PS4 players. So, Well, yeah, or really caring about it. I mean, yeah, basically, they don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I didn't give a shit. Like, I probably, um, it'd, you know, it'd be nice to run in 1080p, but I, I like the Xbox ecosystem and whatnot, and I have all my, you know, my friends and stuff on Xbox for the multiplayer games, so... It's not worth it to me to cut out all that just to get 1080p instead of 900p, you know? Yeah. 180 more scan lines is not going to change my life. A lot of people are just in it for, like, the console console exclusives, too, so. Well, see, I'm probably going to get a PS4 now because that fucking Bloodborne game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a Dark Souls fan, but that's neither here nor there. One last bit of news. Alex, why don't you tell us about this Project Spark Conquers Bad Fur Day sequel business? Okay, did you guys ever play Conquers Bad Fur Day? I did. No. Actually. No? No. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's like it started out as like a cutesy game. It was by Rare, the same people who made Banjo-Kazooie. It started out like a cutesy game like that. Then it got delayed for a number of years, and then somewhere along the way, it got turned into this... Incredibly vulgar, toilet humor, yeah. like ridiculous platformer, but with a very cutesy sort of style. Like aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think it was released near the tail end of the N64 era, so mm -hmm. I, I don't think I played a lot of it. I, th I think I played like halfway through it. Oh, I loved that game. I was eating up platformers like crazy at the time. So Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, my mom didn't know what it really was, but I played through oh. that like crazy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was one of those things where she thought it was like, she's like, ah, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day is a kid's video game and South Park is a kid's cartoon. Let <laughs> nice. my daughter watch all those. How old were you when this was happening? Eight. Oh, Jesus. Maybe eight. <laughs> I don't think I was ever, my parents never cared about that. Um, I don't know if it's because they just didn't care or because we grew up in an era where the games look so shitty that you couldn't really tell. You know, <laughs> what was mature and what wasn't. Uh, yeah, well, everything like, you know, only had like... Everything was 16-bit graphics and, mm -hmm. you know... When we were really eight, simple I mean, there was nothing. Yeah, when we were eight... Maybe was... Doom or something like that? Yeah, you're right. Maybe Doom. But, but I mean, that was really... I mean, that was gory, but it was absurdly low-graphic gory. <laughs> so there's this thing called Project Spark. Yeah, it's What a... the hell is that? It's like a game design engine. Things so like, like Unreal Unity. Engine. Huh? Like Unity? Yeah. But okay. it seems like Unity and Unreal Engine for derpy people. Like okay. an incredibly simplified version. Gotcha. And so they're, um, they created the Conqueror's Bad Fur Day sequel on this engine to kind of... I feel like it was like just to promote Project Spark, really. Yeah, right. Is why it was created. Um, because it seems to be the only sort of uh, game title that the Project Spark creators have made. Okay. It's, so, so it's like the sequel is the hook to get people interested in Project Spark, which in is general. the engine. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, are the original um, developers involved in any way? 
in the sequel so it's like an unofficial sequel or a i think it's the original team but sarah would have to check me on that okay thank it's god like, we have sarah I, I know they have the original voice actor for conquer doing conquer. they do which is great because you can't replicate that voice right so that's uh, in the works when is all this can be released was there a time frame on it um can't remember there sarah, was you didn't write down your notes shit i wrote it in last week's notes <laughs> oh yeah you're right okay well uh I think that's it for news. So let's uh, take a little break here to give Sarah some time to fact check us. Yeah. And go right into the halftime checkup with Sarah Peters. We'll be right back. It's the halftime checkup with Sarah Peters. Sarah how we do on accuracy this time around oh uh, you guys didn't do too bad but there was definitely a couple things to clear up here uh-oh um, oh, not too bad you guys sounds actually... ominous brace yourselves okay i'm ready it was mostly alex fucking up i'm sure <laughs> no, oh of course you guys <laughs> equally <laughs> fucked up so i mean share the blame um the witcher 3 release date is may 19th 2015 uh project spark and conquer's bad your bad furry day sequel um i think you got that wrong on buzzman bad fur day bad fur <laughs> bad furry day bad. that'd also be a good sequel though well just... no that's a typo too it's not my fault oh it's, oh, it's your fault Ben. Yeah. oh no hey, shut the fuck up no. i didn't do anything wrong oh <laughs> uh, yeah okay you would never no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that sequel is going to be released on April 23rd, 2015. And that's being released in episodes, you said? Yes, in episodes. And it okay. looks like it's going to be released in... It just says ongoing. Okay. So it's just There's one thing I love. It's episodic games. Yeah, episodic lovely. Games. Yeah. I love episodic <laughs> games after all the episodes are out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's going to be featuring the original voiceover artist for uh, Conquer. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Rare is not going to be directly involved with the sequel. But they're, what? they given it their blessing, obviously, then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's cool. Cool. Do you know who they've passed it off to? Um, it, God, it doesn't. It does. I have not been able to find some douchebag. So. I'm sure. Just some douchebag in his basement. <laughs> Just some fucking idiot in his basement. Yeah. I mean, it, it's saying that it's independent, you know, so. So it is sure. some fucking dude in his basement. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> or in his garage. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, the X in Xenoblade Chronicles does not stand for 10, just some clarification. Um, before Xenoblade Chronicles X was Xenoblade Chronicles, and before that, there was the initial, uh, release of that series, which tanked horribly. What was it? Um, Xeno Gears was the original. Oh, okay. Xeno Gears. That was oh, a popular, I've heard of that. popular game, right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Xeno Gears was According to her, it tanked, though. And then there was Xeno Saga. Right. Oh, Xeno Saga. Xeno Saga, I think, is what tanked. Yeah, Xeno Gears. I never played it, but I always heard about it. Mm. It was popular. No. So. Uh, huh. Xeno, Xeno Saga was what tanked. Ah, I didn't realize that they were all related. Very cool. As far as if that's something that's going to help the Wii U this year, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure it will. Honestly, Rodia looked like a lot more fun than Xenoblade when I was looking that up. So I don't know what that is. That's the Sky Soldier she game that I talked about. She literally mentioned that oh, you asked it. Oh, my God. I forgot the title already. Sorry. Sometimes <laughs> no. when Alex talks, uh, I just don't. Ben doesn't listen to me. <laughs> oh, Alex, I listen to you. His eyes get like this thousand yard stare yeah. and he's just like, I really wish I wasn't here right now. I really wish a man was talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. So what else, Sarah? All right. And looks like the new Metal Gear game is Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain. Yep. what that's going to be called. Stupid words. Cool. Yep. Let's put stupid, badass sounding words together. The Phantom and Pain. Snake yeah. Eater. <laughs> I have phantom Fuck. pains. Phantom pains? Yeah. In your ball sack? <laughs> how did you know? Every Sarah, time how I... did you know? What the fuck? Every time I insult you, you yes, get phantom pains. fibromyalgia of the balls. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being insensitive as fuck. Like, that's Wooly... really personal. You probably Wooly just triggered World, him. by the way. Wooly World looks weird as fuck. I'm sorry. Oh, oh Yoshi's Island? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. It, that just I'm more excited for the up. gameplay than anything. At least really? one of us is. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I are you going to buy like, a Wii U for it? I have a Wii U in my house that I didn't have to pay for, so yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, that might special. make it worth it. It might. 
All right. And that's actually all that you guys messed up on. So you guys did a pretty good job. I didn't mess up on anything. Do you have any commentary on the uh, Zelda Wii U situation? Um... From I know you're a huge Zelda fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna sound clip that. <laughs> uh, um, noises. No, I, I've definitely I've been a Zelda fan for a long time, and this whole podcast knows about that by now. Um, what? This is the first I've heard of it. No fucking way. Tell uh, me more. Well, I'll tell you my life story. Um, but. As far as I'm concerned, and most people that I've talked to, especially at ECC, Segway, um, most people seem to be actually kind of happy with the fact that it's been delayed because they feel that instead of being pressured into an earlier release date, Nintendo's taking the time that it needs to make the game and the gameplay uh, better. Mm-hmm. Fix bugs, make it fully developed. Because we're, we've been criticizing people that have been throwing their games out there ahead of time to meet deadlines. And it's actually kind of a nice sign that it's being pushed back. Oh, exactly. you know, Nintendo's pretty good about that in general is, uh, you know, not releasing their games until they're ready. So, that, yeah. yeah, it's not surprising. They- we're pushed to do that a bit with Twilight Princess, and as you might be able to notice, there's a couple of plot holes. Um, the Ilya plot line is kind of unfinished, and there are some bugs in it that, because it was pushed so hard to be released, there weren't have been, exactly fixed. Oh, sorry. There have been whispers that Star Fox is going to be pushed back as well, but nothing confirmed yeah. quite yet. Did you say whispers? Whispers. Whispers. <laughs> whispers. <laughs> whispers. <laughs> whispers. Say, definitely- say, say the word whiskey. It's definitely going to be playable for E3, but there have been rumors that it's going to be pushed back to 2016 with Zelda. I mean, that, that's fine. If the game's not ready, I don't want to push them to release it, but it's just another example why you need third-party support on your system because if this happens, at least there are other, other games coming out, but not so with the Wii U. No, 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 we're Nintendo. We don't like to touch other people. <laughs> what the fuck? Ew. Jesus Christ! You turned into a neckbeard like twice so far. <laughs> like I saw, like just <laughs> you, like morphed temporarily. Just rolled over her yeah. face. You just gained two hundred pounds and grew a neckbeard just <laughs> just for like five seconds. You turn back. There it goes again. All right. Oh, so wow. uh, this next segment is a new segment that Sarah's going to lead us in. It is called Gamers Must. Our top three list of the week this week is soundtracks. Our favorite video game soundtracks of all time. All right. All right. Sweet. So uh, what's yours, Sarah? My favorite. Uh, number one for me. Well, actually, these are in no particular order. But oh, wait, hold on. It's the top three. You got to do one, two, three, right? All right, fine. Yeah. Um, well, I'm biased. <laughs> Just pick it. Quick. That's okay. <laughs> All right. For me, uh, actually, one is going to be To the Moon. I think To the Moon had a hauntingly beautiful soundtrack. It's haunting. Hauntingly beautiful. I like that. All right. Everything about that game, hauntingly that beautiful. That whole game, though. No, really, though. That whole game is really beautiful. Oh, is that yeah. one of those indie it's deals? In- We've talked yeah. about this, man. Okay. All right. Indie game cool. made an RPG yeah. maker. Oh Makes yes, okay, okay, gotcha, time. gotcha, good. Okay, gotcha. Um, two would be probably Final Fantasy X. I think ten, I, really ten. Huh. I love it. I love yeah. it. Did I you ever play like isn't the big soundtrack one like seven and nine? Seven and no, well, seven nine's had really some great good. scores. Yeah, nine's the best. Seven and nine did. Have, I I don't know the entire Final Fantasy series or, or franchise in my opinion has had beautiful soundtracks. All yeah. of them. They're all pretty I think good. that's true across the board. Just great but, sound engineering, too. Yeah. Even like the way that they do yeah. their UI sound effects is great. Well, it's why the guy who... Nobuo Uimach. I don't know. <laughs> you want to say that name again? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, 10 has always stuck with me because rather than just having the instrumentals with Yuna being a songstress and, songstress and, and whatnot, um, they also had to come up with original songs as well. And I think that some of those were equally impressive. So... I mean, yeah. I mean, the the game itself obviously should have an impact on your how you feel about the soundtrack. So that makes sense that you yeah. have a connection to the game and therefore the soundtrack. Cool. So what's your number three? Um, for me, it's probably gonna be um, Twilight Princess because I, but mainly because I like the ending score. So okay, cool. Yeah, cool deal. I love the ending score too. That's I, that actually might be one of my favorite Zelda songs overall. Yeah. I gotta go listen to that because I, I think that I got up to the final boss in that game and I got bored and didn't beat it. So <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, oh, 
Yeah, fuck Twilight Princess. I'm done. Yeah. I just like the ending score, and I don't even remember the name of the ending score, but I just remember it's not something that people think of when they think of a Zelda game. It doesn't sound like any other Zelda music, but um, I don't know. I I really like that score a lot. I think it was, I think it was really good. Maybe cool. in post, I'll go grab some very short fair use clips of, <laughs> of the ending score. <laughs> Alex? Uh, let's see here. You guys are going to get really tired of hearing me mention this game, but Bastion, Bastion is my favorite. <laughs> Bastion has the best soundtrack. Okay. I've listened to it a million times. I learned how to play two songs on the guitar. Wow. Like, that's a great soundtrack. Oh, sweet. So, um, do you, like, go to your college's, like, community gathering area outdoors and play Bastion songs on the guitar. Oh, fuck no. All right. I don't want people to ever hear my music. Okay, good. All right. That's so, what they do at the community. I would just college. try to decide whether or not we should fire you on the spot, but you're good. You're good. That's the test. Go ahead. So, Bastion is my number one. My number two is Portal. Okay. I Wait, love- por- Oh, the ending song. Especially. Well, the ending song and even just the sort of like background music in the second game were really solid. Okay. Yeah. You pay attention to it. You know, I didn't really pay attention to it, but I believe you. Yeah. Go ahead and put it on. I listen to it all the time when I'm doing my studies. It's very nice. Right. right. Um, number three would have to be Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, I, you know, I've wanted to play that game for a long, long time. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. So even if you end up never playing the game, you should definitely give that a listen to. It's just really beautiful, epic compositions. All right, Jared. <clears throat> Top three okay. favorite soundtracks. Number one, Mass Effect. Ooh. Because hmm. that intro theme. Oh, God. It's so Mass good. Mass Effect does have a good, yeah. And that uh, <laughs> that end theme, like when the credits rolled, like the rock theme, that was, that was also pretty badass. That's a very good answer, man. I know. The best. Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit. Did you do three, by the way, Alex? Pardon? Did you do all three of yours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. All right, sorry. Bastion, Portal, Shadow of the Colossus. See, you never listen to I know, me. I blanked out for what like five minutes there. Then? All right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jared, number two. Number two, Dragon Warrior 4. Okay. My favorite game of all time. So. Great soundtrack. So it makes sense that it's your favorite. <laughs> and I have all the songs, like uh, the orchestrated versions of them. Yeah, they were. They, those are some awesome compositions yeah. um, Dragon Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest in Japan was is basically like the big Final Fantasy competitor so it makes sense they have like music to match I like their music a little bit more than Final Fantasy's yeah so do I Dragon Quest music never really struck a chord for me really like I don't have like any memorable tunes in my head from it and I've played like four of them uh, but you call it Dragon Quest therefore you played it in an era where really it kind of lost its charm a little bit. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> I'm just saying that back in the day, NES playing those games is pretty. It sticks sweet with you. Music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you have no other you. option, I mean, great music, great music, and then, and then you hear the orchestrated version like 15 years later because you download it off of like Kazam or whatever or Napster. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It was I remember it was the first. Yeah, I think all of this, all the tracks I have are probably off of like Napster from 2001. Oh my god. Yeah. You guys have like nostalgia erections that are like ten feet tall. Well, I know. I'm surprised are always ten feet tall. Surprised this table's actually not all messed up right now for my massive boner. Okay, so what do you got? What do you got next? Uh, number three for you. Uh, I'm trying to decide. I, I, I don't I, say two. You can only say one more. Okay. Don't don't pussy out. Pick one. Okay. Any Star Wars game. Any Star Wars any. game. Any Star so Wars game. So non-discriminatory. Did you even... Okay, yes, no, you, you love Battlefront, so... Battlefront, Pod Racer, you know, anything that really has Duel of the Fates or any uh, okay. any good Star Wars it's song. It's kind of a cop-out answer. And technically... you make fun of me. Well, do you want to know the other answer I had written down? No. Which is, oh, fine. Which is a specific yeah, game? mention it. Honorable mention, too. I, I did South Park Stick of Truth because they have a sweet new rendition of the Lemmy Wink song. Oh, I uh, love that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that game was tons of fun. Yeah. Well, my list is uh, number one, same as Jared. Well, it wasn't his number one, but Dragon Warrior 4 soundtrack. Love I thought it. you preferred the uh, Dragon Warrior 3 soundtrack. No, in terms of soundtrack, I prefer 4. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think that my favorite game back in the day was 3 over 4, but cool. I love them both. Um Number two, the Castlevania NES games, like that trilogy. Amazing freaking music. And I'll put some of it in a post, too. Like, that's where, like, Castlevania 2 is where, like, Bloody Tears came from. Anybody hear that song before? Yeah. Yeah. I You'd recognize so. if you heard it. Um, number three, 
Mega Man games for the NES. <laughs> some of the best fucking music. And if you if you like video game remix music, there have been some pretty awesome remixes. I have definitely heard some crazy Mega Man remixes. Yeah. So those original NES Mega Mans. Again, the composers, you know, they had to work with so little making those, you know, basic chip tunes. Yeah. And uh, they just did an amazing job for, you know, what they had to work with. And oh, man. Can I throw in a couple of honorable mentions? Two honorable mentions. All right. We're going to make it a rule that you can in the future, but right now you can. <laughs> okay. Yay. Okay. I'm going to... Give honorable mention to the Halo series. Okay. That game or that that whole series has an amazing You're right. list of soundtracks. Yep. And um also give an honorable mention to Super Me Boy, which had a surprisingly great soundtrack. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. It was very catchy. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. The worst thing that ever happened to us this week. Okay, so the worst thing that happened to us this week. Uh, let's start with Sierra again. Well, I went to Emerald City Comic Con. That's the ECCC, the stupidest fucking acronym I've ever heard. <laughs> EC3. E3C. E3. What? Three Cs. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that uh, aside, there was good aspects and bad aspects to it. Of course, I love cons, but um, this one was just not managed the greatest, to be honest. It was... Crowded. Kinda, it was really crowded. And I've been to Comic-Con every single year for the last probably six six years. Jesus. Uh, shut up, <laughs> nerd. I have things I love. Um, no, but it was horrible, and I'm probably not going to be back, honestly. Um, um, one thing, I've never been to a con myself. Is the uh, I've always heard of this con funk. Is that a thing? The smell? Explain. <laughs> oh, the body odor? Oh, the body oh, smell. <laughs> um... Some cons more than other, to be honest. Well, Comic Con, um, you think would be pretty bad because comic pe- book readers are generally the worst human beings on the yeah, planet. Yeah, we're pretty fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. showered in like ten days. You know, sure. Alex goes. is really gross. Yeah, well, that's why I'm sitting on the opposite side of the table from her. Honestly, it's bullshit for me. It's like the more comics I read, the less I bathe. <laughs> <laughs> what makes the sweat is more so people wearing a lot of really impractical costumes that are way too hot. Well, that makes the sweat. The body odor comes from not showering regularly. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking. But a lot of times I have noticed if you go to a convention in the summertime, in the middle of July or something, it's, it's going to be worse than if you go. I just I remember a couple of years back, I read a headline that at the beginning of a PAX or a Comic-Con or something like that, like in the keynote address, like, okay, everybody just remember to shower and use soap and blah, blah, blah. Like they actually announced it at the beginning. I, I just thought, oh my God, it must be horrible if they actually have to do that. <laughs> so. You're like, at what other social gathering do they have to announce that you have to shower and use soap right, before attending? Right, exactly. It's yeah. like maybe like third grade or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, what's the worst thing that happened to you this week? That whole bit about Comic-Con just now. <laughs> really? <laughs> Woo! No, before... Make it uh, breaking it. Oh, man. Um, okay, the worst part of my week, I replayed um, season one of Walking Dead. Yeah, the game. Yeah, and I just... I wanted a happier ending, <laughs> to be uh, totally honest. I hadn't like looked at any of the charts. I won't like spoil anything. Yeah. But um, I didn't look at like any of the choice charts to see like the different outcomes and things like that. Yeah. So I was going in blind for a second time and just tried to choose like entirely opposite choices from my first run through. It was equally as horrible for me. <laughs> it was like emotionally. So the first time you got a bad ending devastating. Too. Yeah. There's there's no way to win. You can't win that game. No matter what choice you make, somebody is going to hate you for it, yeah. and somebody is going to die, <laughs> and children are going to be disappointed with yeah. you. So, isn't that cool though? That's like the reason to play. It is the reason to play. <laughs> it's like it's like a masochistic game though. Like yeah. it was easily like my best and wor- the best and worst part of my week because I was bawling. <laughs> you know, sad, but I just I played that game. I got to chapter four. I got bored as shit because the writing kind of sucked. The, the, my big problem with it was no matter what you do, nothing actually changes. Yeah. So th- there's times when, for example, you can you can elect to like kill a person or make sure that person dies. And if you don't do that, they're going to leave for one reason or another about oh an hour later tops. Yeah. There's you know? only like one big choice in the near the beginning. Like if you choose Doug or Carly when you're attacked right. by the zombie mob, that will change the course of the game a little bit. But it's. 
It's Ultimately, though, like, you're going the same place. Yeah, exactly, which is what I found out this time. And then after I beat it a second time, I went and actually looked at the choice charts to see. I'm like, okay, what the fuck could I have done? Right. Um, Nothing is the answer. Yeah. Quick, quick note on that, by the way, Alex. As far as like games with, with choices that seem like they're getting you nowhere, have you ever played One Chance? Mm-mm. None of you? No. Go home, play One Chance on Newgrounds, and it's a game that probably lasts 15 minutes. You have choices you can make that determine the outcome. You can only play the game one time, and if you try to replay the game, it won't let you because it recognizes your browser, so you have to use a different computer. So, huh. um, and it's supposed to like um, it's supposed to make you more aware of like the finiteness of like your uh, choices, and that if something was to happen, like what choices would you make, and the fact that you can't redo them. My big thing with those kind of games where you're making choices is I'm not worried about making the wrong choice and having a bad outcome. Because the way I see it, you know, I'll make whatever choice I think is right and then uh, see what the outcome is. My problem is is that I'm worried about missing something. Oh, yeah. So I'm worried about, like, Mass Effect 3, I was always worried about missing something. So I'd always be going back to the Citadel or whatever to double check, make sure I was doing all the side missions and this and that. So that's what I'm worried about in those games. With Mass Effect, the first time I played through, I just chose the choices that felt right to me yeah. at the moment. Like, Let me that guess. Were, that were, like, true to my character. You banged Liara. What? No. Really? Really. Well, who then? I think my first time through, I tried to bang Tali, and that didn't work oh. out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is very disappointing for me. <laughs> but I was like holding my cards. Like all these other chicks are like throwing themselves at me. I'm like, nah, I'm saving myself. For the one I can't my... see your face. Yeah. Were you male ship or female ship? Female. Okay. <laughs> all right. I always played like female ship with like short. See, because I. This is somewhat spoilery, but not that much. I banged Liara, then Tali, then Liara again. Was my was my course of, <laughs> of, of, of romance through those three games. Fuck. I'm, I'm just saying. I actually did a little research and was able to bang everyone by Mass Effect Three. Oh bullshit. Yep. The news reporter chick. You just like played your cards like a master. <laughs> just like. Hold on. I banged Miranda, uh, Liara, um, Miranda and Liara. I guess you, yeah, it was difficult. Miranda in the second oh. game. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to throw it out there. I made both genders of character to okay. bang the whole rainbow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did not succeed. Yeah. Put in a solid effort, though. Well, there's one where, like, if you, if you, um, like, the second game where you, the outcome is you die. Yeah, Samara or whatever her name is. Or... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, The older Asari, the Asari matriarch, her daughter, right? Yeah. 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 Was it worth it? <laughs> nah, there's no good scene or anything. I guess I never banged that one. You're right. Okay, Jared, what's the worst thing that happened to you this week? I had a lovely week, thank you. So nothing bad happened to you? Well, I mean, I, I finished the South Park game, and that made me kind of sad, I guess. Finishing the game. It yeah. was short but sweet. It was very sweet, and kind of short. Well, you know, it's a discount game. Is it? I mean, 20 bucks, 15 bucks. Well, it was like it was full on price sale. when it came on. Was it really? Or it came out, yeah. It's oh. back up to $45, I think, right now. Holy shit. Yeah, what I got it fuck? when it was like 45 It was great, though. And like, oh, man, it was so fucking funny. Oh, I God. love how no matter what you enter as your name in-game, the other characters will invariably call you douchebag. Nice. Yeah, that's so you awesome. can enter your own name, like your nickname, doesn't matter. They'll call you douchebag. And then when you get promoted, they call you Sir Douchebag. Nice. <laughs> you really have to watch all of South Park, though, to just get everything in it. Really all the crazy it. references. It was such a meta game. I great. loved back in the day that South Park 64 game. Oh, when you pee on the snowballs and stuff? Yeah, oh, my gosh, that yeah. That was a great game. Huge yeah. flashback. That was fun. Oh, man, that was fun times. We played a lot of that and a lot of GoldenEye. I yep. played, okay, I definitely played the South Park game more than GoldenEye, actually, in hindsight. Um, the worst thing that happened to me this week is just uh, reading about Bungie fans, fans of the game Destiny. Have any of you played Destiny? I have. No. What do you think, Alex? I thought it was solid, but yeah. I didn't think that it was anything particularly innovative. And I didn't think that it, like a lot of people love to rave about how amazing it is or how shitty it is. Yeah. And I played it and I'm like, that was a fun game. That was pretty much all I had to say about that. Okay. Cause you're a normal human being who probably has other priorities in life and doesn't, you know, get all worked up about shit like this. Here's the problem. I played this game quite a bit after it came out. I really enjoyed the gameplay. I was sad the story wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been, but yeah, story is a little weak, but it's like, eh. Whatever. I was here to shoot things anyways. Yeah, and it plays really well. Um, 
the community basically it's one of those communities that hates on the game hates on the developer but still plays it you know for an infinite number of hours exactly <laughs> players are saying that Bungie is at war with players because they're not listening to them or they're doing this or that players think they're entitled to some sort of special like every single person thinks what they want is what the developers should focus on when they don't realize that there are all sorts of priorities when you're making a game and one of the big things is fixing glitches i really hate the use of the phrase at war too like yeah this developer hates you so much that he's going to intentionally like stick it to you but that's how they actually oh, feel like, so much people who are just like i just can't when it's not about me uh people who play my game some people do it too you know, they one of the favorite things to say is it feels like a slap in the face to players. <laughs> I feel like Silk's just slapping <laughs> us in the face. Like, fuck, I don't even think about you when I make these changes. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I don't care about you. I think that you are making those changes just to fuck people over and just furiously masturbating while you think about their reaction. <laughs> You're right. You're just this weird, like, oh, mentally God. sadistic. Like, oh, they're so mad. So oh, much. oh, they're so angry at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Another quote here. Um, Bungie is at war with our player base and all my years of gaming going all the way back to the original Atari. I've never seen a company blow their player base off more than them. Blah, never. Blah, blah, really? Never. And he talks about how he has 600 hours and this and that. You know what? If you paid $60 for a game tops and you played for 600 hours, you got a pretty goddamn good value out of that game. Why don't you shut up and just go do something else? It's with a pretty generic comment for pretty much any MMO. For any game ever. P players are just super entitled yeah and the thing is they're a minority but they're a vocal vocal minority that's because why normal people aren't writing like six paragraphs yeah, about these because games. normal people because don't normal care people have normal lives. people go and play another game normal people you know don't fixate so you're right anyway uh, i haven't played destiny in a while but seeing that is kind of reminding me of my own issues i've had with players doing that and uh just drives me crazy so that's the worst thing that happened to me this week all right all right this has gone on for a very very long time it has let's wrap this up Thank you for listening. Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Alex and Sarah and Jared. Always a pleasure. Woo! And remember, everyone, the spin stops here. We're looking out for you. <laughs> That's all for today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>